hey, you know what? You're awesome. I really adore you. And I'm glad that you're here. Welcome back to the Long Distance Love Bombs podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg. Today's guest is my friend Jamie Ray, who is a relationship coach, a men's coach. He founded the legendary loveacademy.com with his partner Kelsey Grant, who I interviewed in episode two. This dude is an award-winning screenwriter. He's an actor. He is a comedian. He is hilarious. He's outrageous. But he's also brilliant. And in this episode, he's vulnerable. He talks about his past. He talks about his own transformation, the spiritual awakening that he underwent a couple of years ago. You can find him online at jamienrea.com. That's also his Instagram handle. I highly encourage you to follow him on Instagram because... His captions are the most outrageous, ridiculous, absurd things that you can learn from, basically. And in this episode, we get straight to it. It is hilarity right off the bat. So strap your seatbelt on and enjoy the ride with me and my good pal, Jamie Ray. Boys say Jamie Rhea. Yeah. And I'm like, fucking asshole. Fucking ass. This, of, of course, uh, I was thinking this on the drive over. I'm like, yeah. this is going to be explicit. Like, before oh, I even introduce the guy, it's just going to be talking about, like, raccoon dicks and, like, Dude. the weirdest stuff. <laughs> it's going to be, like, those albums that, like, you know, a Dr. Dre album that has a big <laughs> fucking E on it. It's that. It's the name. It's uh, going to be star, 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 star. Um, Jamie Ray. Jamie Ray. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg. You know what? I feel like a little schoolgirl right now. Do you? I feel like... I, dude, I feel like a little schoolgirl, and I feel like you just invited me to the podcast prom. Like, oh my god, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg, like he's got the nicest hair, and he's so smart. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of thinking, I was thinking about it, I was like, it's kind of that Doogie Howser type vibe. Like, for me. Well, you're, you're like Doogie Howser, so you're like this 17-year-old okay. who's also a doctor. So it's not like a right. weird thing where I'm this, like, chick that was invited to the po- podcast prom, yeah. and you're some, like you know, 37-year-old man. Like, you're a 17-year-old Doogie Howser-type dude who also has his PhD, and everyone's like, he's so smart. Well, that's that's really lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like, welcome to the principal's office. Dude, 100%. Jamie Ray. Here I am. So, we're going to talk about relationships and love and dating. All that stuff. And mindset. Mindset. All the shit. Let's fucking do it, man. What? Uh, how, how'd you get into this world? So you're, for, for people that don't know you, yeah. you are a improv comedian, comedy writer, dude, yeah. slash. All the things, like hyphen, hyphen, hyphen. Hyphen, hyphen, hyphen <laughs> slash uh, dating coach, yeah. men's coach? Men's coach, yeah, yeah. And you help people do what? Um, like what's your deal? Yeah, so so basically for, for anyone that doesn't know me, which is probably a lot of people, um, I've been a writer for, for about eight years and I've basically been, my whole journey started in actually in 2012 when I was living in Australia and I was working at a bar, partying all the time, you know, dating quite a bit and I started writing a blog on Blogspot called uh-huh. the bro log yeah I had, I had a blog spot yeah one too dude it's like way back in the day and i couldn't even put a fucking sentence together yeah. i was like you know I, I wrote a lot as a kid but this was kind of you know i was like 24 years old bartending living the tom cruise cocktail and dreams sort of thing you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and i started writing and it was it was really entertainment based and, and that was kind of 
you know, where I started writing about dating. It was kind of random. Shared with my friends. who were like, this is funny. There was a lot of potential. But so, like, why did you start writing about dating specifically? I don't know. Yeah. Like, like I, I was always kind of the guy in my group of friends that people came to. You know, I was kind of, you know, quasi-therapist to my friends whenever they had a problem. You were that guy. I was that guy. Yeah. I was always the guy that was holding space without even knowing what holding space right. was at the time. And so I kind of always played that role, you know, subconsciously, I think, without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. And then that just kind of, you know, went to me, randomly started writing about dating. And I was just interested in the psychology of it between the sexes and, and you know, like mm-hmm. what girls were attracted to, what guys were attracted to. And I was all these things. And so that's what I started writing about. And, you know, I, I wrote about that for, you know, five or six years with, with a buddy. We had this website called The Brologue and like I had a writing staff like a bunch of writers across North America. Wow. And um, so started there and then that was kind of my entry into it. And then from there I picked up a freelance writing career, writing about dating, relationship, sex, all, all that stuff yeah. for a bunch of publications across North America. And then did that for a while and then eventually after a while kind of segued into coaching. Yeah. In, in 2018 I got into coaching. Welcome to the coaching club. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Yeah, Jeremy Goldberg. Glad to have you. It's it's great to be here. Dude, I <laughs> dude, I wanted to say one more thing. Like please. I, I was thinking about this when I was lying in bed last night. Oh, this and is gonna be good. It's gonna be good. And <laughs> Jeremy, you are like a a herbal tea human being. You are a herbal tea. Kelsey's also a herbal tea human being. What does that mean? It means just being your present, I feel relaxed. Okay. Like my body's just like putty around you. Just like, just hearing your voice and like, first off, you have a great podcast voice. Thank you. And dude, it's so good. And just hearing you. And I was thinking, I was lying in bed. I was like, I was trying to think what type of tea Dr. Jeremy Goldberg would be. Yeah. And you know what my answer came to me immediately? Peppermint. That's my favorite. Dude, you are peppermint tea. <laughs> because it's like a little bit spicy. You know what I mean? Like you got like the fun, yeah. you have the funny duality where, you know, you got the thing where you, where you're chasing wildlife, you're chasing plants and stuff. Yeah. And then you also have this really calm intellectual soothing demeanor Thanks. where you love to talk about real shit okay you know and, and I also think you you're like the Steve Irwin okay. of like the city <laughs> you're like the Steve Irwin of like parks thanks you know where you're like yeah I'm, I'm Australian <laughs> you know like this flower is blooming you know what I mean it's crazy I, did you see I, I mean this is tangent which yeah. I'm really good at tangents and yeah. profanity like two oh I love those spots. things just but, getting totally off topic but like on your front porch, those pink flowers in the tree there, yeah. off to the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, dude, did you did you get a snap of them? And, and no, fall? no. I knocked on the door, and then I was like, "Well, I have to be here when he opens the door." But I was very tempted to go and. That would have been so funny if you would have knocked on the door, and then I came out and I caught you mid-action, <laughs> you filming, and you're doing your whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, filming, yeah. filming the wildlife. Yeah. Because I would love to see one of those in action. Let's do it. Dude, I, I Why not, we can go on an adventure together. I would love to, man. Go look at some shrubs. Well, like, we can check your backyard out after the podcast. Dude, there's a lot of wildlife there. Really? There's just like a lot of... like. What, what do you got? Like some slugs. Okay. Got a lot of wood bugs. Dude, like we <laughs> could lift up some wood and discover some wood bugs. What, um, what kind of tea are you? I'm like crack cocaine. <laughs> I'm not tea. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm like cocaine mixed with coffee. It's like if someone like got up and poured themselves some coffee and put a little cocaine in it. That's, that's what you So it's like you basically got Dr. Jeremy Goldberg peppermint tea. Kelsey is like chamomile. 
So, so for those that don't know, Kelsey Grant Kelsey Grant. is radical self love. Radical self love yeah. on Instagram. She's a relationship genius, and yes. she's also the love of your life. Yes, right. Yes. Your partner in crime. She's my partner in crime. Your she's collaborator. My, she's my getaway driver. Your getaway. So driver. when I rob the bank, she's waiting for me out, out back with the door wide open. But Jing, let's fucking get in. That's beautiful. I got the passports for Guatemala. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's ride. <laughs> let's fucking do it. Wait. So, so where does this energy come from in you? Has it always been like a rambunctious? tornado of you know what because when I, I feel like the energy of the podcast is already very high yeah and it, I love that the bars are super high on this podcast to the point where people's yeah. ears are like oh fuck yeah. fuck I'm like if, if you're listening right now I've already had to adjust the volume that I'm recording on because he's blown through the acceptable levels in the audio system I've blown through the roof of this already podcast. we're six minutes in oh my god um Man, honestly, when I was a kid, I would just dance. Like, I, I, I would dance around the house. Like, my mom, like, every morning, like, I love the mornings, and I would blast music growing up, and I would just dance around the fucking house and sing, and I have the worst voice. Yeah. And I would put on Spice Girls concerts for my family in the basement, and I was always Baby Spice. Okay. And I would sit on a pillow and fucking lip sync Spice Girls concerts, and I'd do this with my sister, and... I don't know. I just had this like weird energy and you know what I mean? It's like, just you. It's just me. Yeah. I just love, I love energy, man. <laughs> I love, I love just destroying podcast volumes. It's like my favorite thing. It's like a new hobby. Dude, it's because I've been recording podcasts with Kelsey and she's always like, Jamie, settle down. Trying to put me back on the, like the podcast leash. Yeah. Because I'm always getting so no. close to this dumpling right in the middle here, you know? Yeah. And I told you that was, we talked about it. I was like, you know, I need you. I know you're going to go to a 14 out of 10. Yeah. But like you can do that. You just yeah. have to stay at approximately that distance away from the microphone. If you want, you can just like strap me down. No, you're street. good. I'm still thinking about how when I asked you what kind of tea you were, you said crack cocaine. I'm not. Immediately you said that. Thing is, I know I'm, I'm crack cocaine. Yeah. So it's, what does that feel like? It basically feels like a lot of energy coursing through your body, like you know, s some anxiety. Like I've had, I've had quite a bit of anxiety. Um, but it's the type of thing where, where I always say with Kelsey is that you know, radical self love for for people, um, but that I shock people and Kelsey calms them down. So I really upset it's like a, people. It's like a one two punch. Yeah, it's like I'll I'll make people really. Trigger. Uh, trigger them and make them super upset. And Kelsey will be like, they're there. Everything's going to be okay. And that's kind of, a you know, a little bit of our kind of combination. It's perfect. Yeah. You're like a, a bucket of hilarious triggers. <laughs> right? Just fucking you. just. And then she's like, up. and she's, what kind of tea would she, like chamomile? Chamomile. Yeah, yeah. She's like the chamomile tea of like, hey, you've been through a lot with Jamie. Like, yeah. come here. Come here. I got you. Like mother, motherly energy. hundred percent. Like, like I'll give you a nightmare and she'll come kind of rub your tummy and, and kind of, she's like Neo Citron. You know, she like, she heals you. She, you're sick and she heals you. Your, your descriptions are so visual that I like, I see you on a cushion with the Spice Girls soundtrack playing and I see you like giving people a nightmare, but in a, in a healing therapeutic yeah. way, right? Yeah. It's like an intentional nightmare. Like I want to give people nightmares in terms of wake them up to, to their potential. Like tough love. Tough love, hundred percent. Just like, kind of shock people a little bit, but but also it's it's you know comes from a place of compassion that there's so much possibility for your life and like a lot of the work that that I've been doing because I'm a men's coach as well and a lot of the stuff I do with with men is building up self worth and and basically the question I always ask is what is your hero story? If you were the hero of your story and and there was the most expansive possibility for your life, what would that look like? Mm. And the thing is, we we always have an answer for it. We always have, have something that we would say. Deep down, we do. 
we do. On the surface, we might be like, I don't know, or yeah. I don't want to share, or that's dumb, or that's silly, or mm. I'll never do that. Yeah. But deep down, it's like we all have that little, I call it a heart whisper. That 100%. little like, be, this is the hero's story. Yeah, and it's Quit like the it, job, like date the guy, whatever. Dude, 100%. And it's your intuition, it's your higher self guiding you to, to your maximum potential. And I think, you know, one of the big things that, that I do with my male clients is, is try to make them available to that possibility. And, you know, building a relationship with your intuition is, is something that, you know, it's, it's a muscle that you improve upon. And there's just so many, you know, blocks that get in the way of, of that, that intuition. And when I went through my spiritual awakening last year, um, it was basically the hero story just became so available. It's like all the things that were blocking me in terms of my vision just became totally clear. And you're like, that whisper that you're talking about mm. turned into a fucking scream. And I could just hear that scream in my head and I was like, and I could see in front of me my hero journey. Yeah, and like once it gets to that level, you can't not listen to it, right? It's so, it's like that dumb and dumber scene where it's like the most annoying sound in the world. <laughs> it's like that where you're like, you know what I mean? It's Dude, like, da, whatever that. You know way too much. You, yeah, you can't unknow it. You can't unknow it. You can't it. unhear it. Yeah. And so the only rational step forward is to honor and accept it and move towards whatever it's trying to guiding you into. 100%. Like, I always think of it like you've seen another realm for living. Like, there's another realm, and this realm's got fucking space aliens with flying cars and fucking raccoons who are swimming and doing backstrokes in fucking pools. And just, it's this other realm of like, holy shit, life can be this good? Mm. And it's just... And the thing is, it's always available to us, but it's just about unblocking what was getting in the way of this other realm. And once you're in that fucking realm, you can't go back to planet Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you're, you're in fucking space. You it's, can't go back. Why would you ever want to go back? Dude, it's, it's, it's so dull after you see this other realm. It's like, it's like in The Wizard of Oz when mm. suddenly it becomes a color movie instead yes. of black and white. Dude, and then it goes, doesn't it go back to black and white at the end? I think so, or yeah. Or it stays in, whatever, regardless. But then yeah. you're suddenly like, oh... This is way better. So much better. It's lenses through which you see the world, right? Well, and it's almost like with that Dorothy thing, like like with the red fucking shoes, like I want to yeah. go home because yeah. seeing that hero sto story is ultimately going home because mm -hmm. going home to, to the ultimate possibility for your life, it, it, it's, it's the option that was always there. It was always available to you and, and it, it's, it's about just unblocking what, what was preventing you from being able to see it. So it's ultimately going home. So I love this. You've touched on a few, like, this is a big thing I want to try to unpack yeah, it a little yeah. bit. So there's, like, a few steps that I'm hearing, mm. which is acknowledging the voice inside mm. or the shouting or the, mm. like, acknowledging it mm. and then sort of accepting it, mm -hmm. right? Of being like, oh, that's mm. the thing. Mm -hmm. And then you have to actually do something with it, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, so how do you unpack that for clients or people listening that are, mm -hmm. that are saying, you know, oh, I, don't, I don't really know what I want to do or... Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds easy for you, but mm -hmm. you don't understand. I don't have the money or the mm -hmm. the friends or whatever. Like, how do you? Like, where do people start? I always first first off is just paying that vision for the hero story. So, so if if you know there was maximum possibility for your life, if you could do anything you wanted, what would that look like? And let's begin just painting that picture. And I always like to talk about you know in terms of intentions, like how would you feel in that vision? So an intention just like kind of an, an emotional association to that vision because if you don't have you know, like a heightened emotion associated to it, it's going to be meaningless. So mm -hmm. it's like how do you feel in your life? And, and a big thing for me too is, is feeling inspired. I want to feel inspired. I want to feel creative. I want to be collaborating. I just want good energy and, and, and inspiring people. And so it's associating emotion for it. And then from there, it's 
how do we reverse engineer? What are the steps? What are the habits that are getting in the way of this hero story? Mm-hmm. What you know, type of mindset? Who do we have to become in order to live that hero story? And then it's looking at your your daily habits. You know, like what are you doing every day? What are you doing every week? And I think people get a, sometimes a little bit intimidated with the hero story because they think of it as this huge thing when the hero story could just be getting up at eight in the morning and you know having a celery fucking juice that could be your hero story it could be that simple and it's putting these little pieces together to begin walking that path and i always like to look at it is what can you do every day you know if you got your hero story what's things that you can do every day like for me what's really important is i like to write for two hours um i like to study in the relational space for for you know one to two hours i like to meditate set an intention for the day i like to exercise um, you know, I like to get outdoors and do something. And that's kind of my hero story every single day. And mm. when I do that, then I'm living in an abundant space where I'm aligned to myself. And from there, it's, you know, looking at what's your mindset, right? Because I like to think of two, we have this ecosystem, this harmonious ecosystem between our body, our, our mental, as well as our emotional and our spirit. And there's often blocks because I know a lot for for men that we live in our heads for a lot of people and it's we have an adversarial relationship you know with our emotions or with our bodies and and we're constantly shaming ourselves. and I find the idea with with you know opening yourself up to that hero story is is creating this ecosystem between your emotions your mindset your physical body and that's how we begin to live kind of in harmony with ourselves. and so then how do you identify the blocks in each of those individual systems well, a huge thing, you know, that I found from, from working with a bunch of men is, is that, you know, so many guys, you know, struggle with emotional literacy and it's having a relationship with their emotions. And so it's first off just acknowledging and validating your emotions as they come up because, you know, we have distractions. We could go to YouTube videos. We could go to our phone. Mm. You know, that's a lot where addictions come into play. You know, we smoke a bunch of weed or, or, or drink because just perpetual distractions. So it's basically just acknowledging the experiences that you have. Be like... Because my word for 2019, for example, is fear. And I know we talked about me doing that improv audition last week. Yes. And so I'm trying to make an intimate relationship with fear. And basically for me, fear goes back to the point I experienced some trauma when I was in utero. And so for me, it's about reclaiming my power as making an intimate relationship with fear. So fear was my biggest sabotage in my life. Basically, I just avoided so many things in my life because of fear. And I basically lived as a fragmented version of my possibility. And by making an intimate relationship with my fear, I'm beginning to reclaim the power that I lost along the way. And that's why I like to think of it as like we're coming home to ourselves because we're reclaiming what we lost, you know, through, you know, potentially, you know, how we were raised, how we were socialized in, in our peer group, how we responded to the culture in general. All these things, you know, we can become fragmented depending on, on how we relate to ourselves. And it's about opening that up and reclaiming all those parts we lost along the way. And for me personally, it was fear. And instead of, you know, and fear for me came up as anxiety, right? And so I would experience so much anxiety, but the core emotion underneath was fear that I was neglecting. And so whenever fear comes up, I got to make fear my fucking friend, bring fear into the front seat of my life and make fear your friend, not your foe. And once we really figure out, and, and for a guy, it could be joy. It could be that, you know, they, they, you know, grew up in a household where, 
you know, it was like, you got to work and you got to be productive. And, and they never built a relationship with the emotion of joy. And if you don't have a relationship with joy, then you're never going to be able to actually be happy in your life. Because mm. anytime you start to feel really good, you're going to be like, I shouldn't be feeling this. This isn't safe for me to feel this. Right. In my, in my family, we don't express joy. Do you not? Right. No, I'm saying like hypothetically. Yeah. In my family, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Or I do. <laughs> I'm a goofy motherfucker. Yeah. Um, but it's that, right? Of, of We're raised in these systems, familial, cultural, mm. societal. And we're born playing slates, right? Yeah. We're just born these empty pages to fill mm. in. And we're taught mm. how to think, mm. what to believe, mm. how to behave in any certain circumstance, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so what I was saying, hypothetically, mm. in this family, we don't feel joy. Mm. Or in, in, you would deal mm. with this as well with mm. people. In this family, we don't talk about our emotions. Mm. In this family, we hide our negativity. Mm. We don't share with each other openly, mm. right? Mm. And then that just becomes normal, yeah. right? And yeah. then you become this adult, which is really just a grown-up child. Yeah. And you continue in the same way because that's all you know, that's all you've been taught, that's 100%. how you survive, that's how you received love. Yeah. And then at some point, and you referenced a spiritual awakening that I want yeah. to hear more about. Yeah. But at some point I feel like we are confronted with this very it can be very subtle, but it's mm -hmm. always very powerful. This mm -hmm. like little moment of like, huh, I wonder if there's another way or yeah. why am I doing things like this? Yeah. Or I'm tired of it being so hard. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you start reading or sharing mm -hmm. or talking or listening to podcasts mm -hmm. and a door opens mm -hmm. and you start to explore all of that mm -hmm. inner shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then life becomes this magical adventure of, mm -hmm. Who do like and you reference it, who do I want to become? Yeah. Like who do I want to be? How do I want to feel? Mm. Oh shit, I have all the power. I can do this. And it, it's basically understanding that you have your hero story, everything else is an excuse story. It's some yes. version of excuse story. And you know, when we're talking about up leveling and changing paradigms in your life, I always think about it. Whenever you feel discomfort for coming out of that, it's your inner child that's trying to pull you back down. <laughs> it's like clawing you. It's clawing at you, it's pulling your shoelaces, get the fuck back here. It's not safe. Right. You're going to be eaten alive by the fucking werewolves of life. These fucking werewolves are going to tear you the fuck up. Come back, come back to this safe place where you're contracted, where you're small. Your inner child doesn't want you to expand because your expansion was not seen as safe. So basically, you have this way that you've been conditioned to the living. And that's what happens when we go through an awakening. When we see the hero story, we understand that it's just an inner child trying to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. And our expansion is, is part of reparenting ourselves and rationally telling ourselves that, that there's another option. That all this, is, this discomfort we're feeling is because as a kid, we knew it was not safe. Right. And I think you touched on something really amazing just then, which is... Um, recognizing that fear is a beautiful, mm -hmm. wonderful thing mm -hmm. that's just trying to keep us safe. Like that's what fear is. And so what you said earlier about mm -hmm. like bringing it into the front seat. Yeah. Being, like fear can be like this backseat driver that's screaming and you're like, bro, just come sit up front. And I know that you don't like driving and I know that you think this is a really windy, scary road, yeah. but like I'm at the wheel. I got this. Like, and we're going on this fucking scenic drive right now. Dude, like, that's the best right? way to explain it. Or like it. turn the fucking music up. Yeah. Just stare out the window, you know. But like we're, we're doing this anyway. So like feeling the fear and doing yeah. the damn thing anyway is a really powerful exercise. Yeah, because like if fear is running your life, it's, it's as you say, it's a backseat driver. It's like, turn left! 
Yeah. Go right, motherfucker. And you're like, I got it. Like, it's like, I'm using my GPS. Like, I'm good. And when you make through your friend, it's like you bring it up front with you. It fucking cracks open a beer, smokes a little spliff, and fear puts his feet up on the fucking windshield. You yeah. know, window open, music blaring. Let's fucking go. And yeah. now your life begins to start rolling. And, and for me, like, as I've been making intimate with fear, your life opens up in magical ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm beginning to to, totally. s- to see those benefits. And, you know, I know you have too with, with you know, your slam poetry and, and doing these different things. And, and you're like, holy shit. You see this, this your hero story becomes in a focus. And fear is, is like the most powerful thing because on the other side of fear, like whenever I think about making an intimate relation with fear, I, I always think about what's on the other side of that fear. And it's like talking about that natural heroine, that full... <laughs> You know, it's like, that, that's what it feels like because yeah. you've, you're, you're buzzing and you're like, holy shit, your hero story feels possible in that moment. And it's because you reclaimed a bit of your power. You reclaimed mm-hmm. some of your power that was fragmented along the way. And now you're building up evidence that you can actually up level and you can expand out of this paradigm that your inner child was trying to keep you into this contracted state of scarcity. Yeah, that. And I think... The more that we develop a close relationship with fear, yeah. the better able we are to distinguish between when when the fear is in the front seat saying like, turn left, turn yeah. left, yeah. rather than saying, no, we're good, we're supposed to go straight. Sometimes the fear is is right. Yeah. You know, sometimes we might be making a wrong turn or we yeah. might be paying attention to the ocean on the side yeah. and we'll, we'll not see the guy walking across the street in front of us, mm. right? And so for me... It's been a really interesting process through the years and like, and will be forever Mm. of distinguishing the differences or the gradient of fear, Mm. right? Of like Mm. recognizing, no, that's just me Mm. worried about what people will think or that I'll be a failure Mm. or that I won't be good enough. And that's not real. Mm. Those are the stories Mm -hmm. versus, uh, don't do that because you might die. Yeah. Right? That's a different kind of fear. 100%. <laughs> right? 100%. Okay? And, and But we perceive it, if we're not in a close relationship with the fear, we yeah. just perceive it all together as you're going to die. Yeah. And so we don't do anything. That's the, right? like that's like the most important distinction. Yes. Because fear is a great navigator. But as you say, fear is important because it, it keeps us safe to a certain degree. But you want it to keep you safe, but you don't want it to keep you small. That's a really good line. You should put that on your Instagram. You want fear to keep you safe, but you don't want fear to keep you <laughs> yeah. small. So how do you do that? Well, as you say, it's it's you know like like I'm not a huge like let's go skydiving type person. I'm not okay. a huge adrenaline junkie. Um, so but, I, I but even like in your day to day life, yeah. like how do you like having a hard conversation with your partner mm-hmm. or being vulnerable, right? Mm. The, or trying something new, launching a new product, mm. sharing of Instagram posts. Mm. Like these are all scary things somewhat I, I always think think about what's on the other side of it what's available to me on the other side of it so it's like having a tough conversation with your partner it's enhanced deep in connection on the other side of having that hard conversation is intimacy and i usually for making a relation with fear i'm i usually go towards the fear because if i'm afraid of it it means that i should do it yeah it means that it's important it means that because i'm afraid of it my expansion is available to me and so that hero story is another side of that fear. And, you know, obviously, you know, doing like, I'm not a huge adrenaline junkie, as I said, but if I know there's, there's growth on the other end and I know there's, there's expansion in the direction of my dreams and the direction that I want to go, I know that it's so much positive shit is available to me. Yes. I love that. I I think 
to to summarize that or somewhat, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like fear is an invitation to curiosity in a 100%. way of, of huh, both both why am I scared right now? Yeah. And if I did this thing, mm-hmm. what's on the other side? Like, 100%. Who would I be? What would I feel like? And I think that's the best way is to get curious about fear. Be like, what's beneath like, that? What and is like, going on right and now? And so often it's, I'm afraid of being seen. I'm afraid that I'm going to be seen as flawed or I'm afraid to be seen as, as dysfunctional. Like before going to that improv audition, I was afraid that, and I had this conversation with radical self-love mm. and I was afraid that I was going to be seen as, as not talented or that I would, I would suck at this thing. And so yeah. right there, you're like, okay, you're curious about it. And you just know that the fear is that you, you, you don't want to be seen as flawed. And that shows me that it's something that I need to go towards and, and building a relationship with that because there's shame there. Mm-hmm. Shame, shame is what holds us back as well. And again, by doing that and making intimate with kind of what that, what's underneath that, it makes it a lot easier to go towards it. Mm. Because, because you're able to just label what it is. You know, the antidote to fear is clarity. Ooh, that's a good one too. And so when we get curious, we find clarity. What is this really about? Mm. And as you say, that's why getting curious about fear is the most important thing because let's get curious. Let's investigate and let's get more clarity. And what happens when you get clarity? You get power. You get true, authentic power that comes from your essence. And so get curious and move towards that clarity. That's some good shit right there. That's some like good podcasting. Oh, it's good podcast. You're good, man. You're really good. Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah, one way that I've used that with clients in a somewhat somewhat different perspective, but it's not about like if you want to ask somebody out, yeah. right? You see you've seen this crush at the gym for mm-hmm. fucking six months mm-hmm. and you're terrified. You're right? sweating, you're Oh like, my god. I would love shaking. Oh God, I'd love to talk to them. And so the idea of reframing mm-hmm. success or failure. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we can mm. set ourselves up that it's a success if they say yes and want to date us yeah. and it's a failure if they do not want to date us mm. right and so we can reframe these things to be it's a success if i ask them out mm. and it's a failure if i don't ask them out. i love that right because yeah. that puts the power on you and also reinforces that you actually have no control over how anybody's going to respond to anything that you do like that's all their stuff right all you can control is how you show up. Yeah. And so then it's that. And so you, you, you do the hard thing and mm-hmm. then you feel good. Like, oh God, I did the hard thing. And then as you say, you get clarity. Like, do they want to go out with me? Yes or no. Then you know. You know. And the anxiety and the uncertainty goes away and you can move on with your life. It's like, it's, oh, that's what that felt like. Okay. Dude, 100%. It's, it's, it's like closing loops in your life. And I think that's where regret comes when we have open loops. So what's an open loop? An open loop means that you never ask that girl out so you never know. That's an open loop. And that's going to claw at you. And and when you build a life on these open loops, it amounts to a life of regret. So it like lives inside of you. It lives inside of you. You're like, I didn't fucking do that. I was a fucking Mm. pussy. I didn't go talk to that that girl and you know who knows she 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 could have been the girl of my dreams she could have been the one and that you'll never know you'll never fucking know yeah. and you know that's gonna live with you and then you live a life on open loops so fear allows us to close loops because mm. you get clarity you get you know the full blown like you start to know shit at least you and at least you know at least you tried and then you become somebody yeah. that does hard things you become somebody that faces fear you become somebody that chases your dream you become somebody 
that is curious about something and then pursues it regardless of the outcome. And right. that builds up self-worth. That. And, 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 and that's where you, you know, a lot of things where I talk about, um, you know, with, with the men that I work with is I want you to take up space. Mm. I want you to take up some fucking space. Yeah. Means I want you to, to, you're fucking brilliant. And so let's zone in on what's unique about you and let's fucking expand on that because the world fucking needs that shit. And so th that's always what I'm saying is let's take up some fucking space in the world. My buddy Traver is a, do you know Traver? He's a men's coach. Traver yeah, Brown. yeah. Like I, See, he was on the podcast actually, but he works with men. And one okay. of the things he has them do is um, he's based in New York for a while. Yeah. And he said, I don't want you to move out of anybody's way mm. when you're walking down the sidewalk. Mm, I like that. It's like you take up space, like own your path. You're no more of the like, I'll get out of your way. Yeah. Like, no, no. Yeah. Now you are a person that takes up space, as you said. Put and your shoulders a, back. Put your shoulders yeah. back. Yeah. Be yourself. Like be okay being you. And that, that to me is like one of the most profound and extraordinary games of life. Yes. It's like be yourself, admit it accept it and take steps every day as you said through habits or rituals or mindset to actually do that 100 and life just radically changes it's so cliche right yeah like, oh just be yourself and like things will work out for you oh just be a kind person well it's we all first off a little side tangent whenever okay. whenever i'm on the sidewalk i loved I, one of my favorite activities is walking into people who are texting Oh, so it's like, like when, <laughs> so whenever I see someone texting in the distance, you know what I fucking do? I kind of you set a target. I I, I kind of align. Okay, where the fuck is this? Is this is this human bowling ball coming? And I try to set up in a way so that they're gonna walk into me, and then they come up. Oh, sorry, and and they apologize to me. So I just get a, another pedestrian to apologize to me. It's so fucking. You satisfying. like collect points or. Dude, I feel like I'm in a video game. Yeah. Where it's like, one. yeah, it's like, you know, like a, like a Mario, like I get a bunch of stars going up and yeah. you know what I mean? Whenever a fucking pedestrian hits into me, it's beautiful. I, I love doing that. That's kind of a little side tangent, <laughs> but we all have a little skid mark of greatness on the world. What do you mean a skid mark? You know, it's like, like when you have skid marks, like, um, from a tire, <laughs> a, skid, a skid mark out of your ass. Okay. Skid mark out of your asshole. Okay. Um, cause remember, like, I don't know if you ever read that article, but just because you have the sh your shit together doesn't mean you have the right shit. And oh, so that's good too. I'm looking at like success in life is like piles of shit. Sorry, success in life is it's, piles of shit. It's not, you want to build a pile of shit, but the right pile of shit. Okay. And so many people are just focused on have on people, any shit. People squat on the first pile of shit they find without even deciding if it's the right pile of shit. Just because it's the biggest. Because it's like, oh, look, there's a pile of shit. And it's security, safety. I'm going to go towards this pile of shit rather than continuing to trudge through so much of the wrong shit to ultimately build the most authentic and unique pile of shit to you. And that's how people do great things in this world is they build a unique pile of shit. And when you say a pile of shit, you mean life choices, house, relationships, I mean, I possessions, mean, whatever like your mind. legacy is going to be. Yeah. Whatever's the work you want to do, whatever, whatever your fucking mission is in life. Mm. What is it you care about? What is it, what is it that makes you come the fuck alive? Yeah, because often you hear these people and they have, you know, the biggest pile of shit in the yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. And they wake up and they, and they are looking over at other people's piles of shit. Like, ah. Oh. It's because it's not soul shit. It's not soul shit. It's not soul shit. It's, mm. you know, hollow for the sake of success shit. Yeah. It's, it's shit with little fucking sprinkles on it. Mm. That you put sprinkles on to, to make this little glittery exterior, but the shit on the inside doesn't feel good. Yeah. And then you show people. You're like, look at my pile of shit with all these sprinkles on it. 
But people know, like people that know know, like you don't love that pile of shit. People can see you're like a that's human. not your pile of no. shit. That's like I know five other people in this fucking block who have the same pile of shit. Yeah. And so the the biggest thing too is 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 what is unique about you? What is you know, and, and that whole journey is through, through introspection and getting to know yourself and through exploration, through um, failing a shit ton and being lost. You can't find the right pile of shit without being totally lost. And so you, you have to endure that period of kind of not knowing mm. where we're going a little bit to, to try different things on. And it's like if I were to give advice to, to someone who is 21, you know, in the early 20s, I'd be like, try a bunch of different things. Fail, um, you know, try a job you hate date a bunch of people and if you can arrive at 30 years old and know what you want to do but have nothing be broke be living in a fucking rundown apartment have no tangible things but know what your gifts are know what your talents are know what the most authentic and unique path for you moving forward is you would have fucking succeeded and I love that. And at the root of what you just described is two things it's courage and it's curiosity yeah like getting curious, try try and live live ten different lives, date date ten different totally random types of people. That'd be a great show, and I could see you hosting it. Oh, let's do it, dude! I could totally just like a bunch of people in their twenties like try a different occupation, and yeah. it's like they go to some other part of the world and try a whole yeah. different life. Yeah, this is Dan. You'll be living with Dan for the next month <laughs> as you work as a gold miner in Peru. Dude, that would be amazing. Yeah. And just try all these different things. Like here, you're gonna. Yeah. You're gonna fucking live in Finland and you know be a Zamboni driver, or yeah. And I think just inherent at, at the root of that is we don't know where life is gonna take us, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm hosting a podcast in Vancouver with you, yeah. And like, if you would have told me that even six months ago or a year ago, certainly three years ago, would have would have not zero chance. I'd never been to Canada. I'd never listened to a podcast, yeah. didn't know you, no. had no interest in doing any of this. Yeah. And suddenly I'm like, nah, that feels good. I'm going to chase that. It, and it, it, it feels right. It, it, yeah. feels, it feels like this is where you're supposed to be. This is my pile of shit. This is the right pile of shit it's right now. It's the perfect pile. And, and, and that's the whole thing too is, is, is being present. You know what I mean? Is I think so often with our ego, we get preoccupied with, with some sort of future vision. And that's why I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of goal setting, but more so just setting intentions. How do I want to feel in my life? Ultimately, where am I going? And then the why is going to be revealed to you over time. And so often people get wrapped up um, in ego and they're like, they have this fixated future vision rather than letting life live through them a little bit. Mm. That's why I think the whole, the biggest thing is presence and, and the art of practicing surrender. How so, do you do that? Uh, surrender at this moment is, is first, it's getting in your body. It's like meditation's been a great practice for me, but it's, it's you know, kind of tuning into your body. What am I feeling like right now? What is I'm wanting to do? You know, if it, like, am I feeling tightness in my chest? And, you know, and just mm. beginning to have that just awareness of, of what's happening in your body and reconnect with nature. Go, go for a hike, go for a walk and, and you know, and even, even if, you know, you struggle with surrender and presence, give yourself five minutes every day. If you're always living your head, ruminating about the future or the past, is go do something and, and, and just be present for, for five minutes. Use all your senses. What am I smelling right now? What am mm. I hearing? What am I seeing? Because when you're present, you're, you cannot be anxious. You cannot be no. fearful about the future. You're just now. 100%. And that becomes a game to play. And successful people, I think, live in the present moment. 
they make themselves available to the present moment and that's how we build up the right pile of shit. We're available to present moments and we maximize on every moment um, because we're available to it. Mm. And so we savor the juiciness of every moment in our life rather than being, you know, because I, I love that quote where anxious people live in the future and depressed people live in the past, happy people live in the present. Mm. And I think that's one of the most powerful things. And, you know, I, I know from, you know, I struggled with this a long time of, of you know, because I struggle with anxiety and like I had an anxiety disorder growing up and that was with fear. And so for, for a long time, I would just criticize myself in my head and I was never available to the present moment. And going back to, to the awakening, going through the spiritual awakening I did last year really taught me the art of surrender. And so, so hang on. Tell me how you define a spiritual awakening. Yeah. And what started it? Like, I want to know just all the things. I'm so intrigued sure. by that. So this is actually where I started getting into the idea that I'm wanting to be a relationship coach. Because I was, a, I was, for anyone listening, I was a writer about relationships for seven years, you know, professionally for a bunch of different pod, uh, not podcasts, but a bunch of different publications. Yeah. And then I went through a really dysfunctional, toxic relationship where I was a piece of shit in that relationship. I was emotionally abusive. I was not a good guy in that relationship. It took two people to create the relationship, but this was the end of 2015 and we had a really bad breakup and I ended up going through therapy after this was the first half of 2016. And this is where I started doing shadow work, where I started to, I went through therapy and I learned a lot about how to hold yourself accountable for your contribution to a relationship. And I started to face some things about myself that, that I had contributed that, that weren't pretty. But I basically learned that by facing the shadow parts of myself, the parts of myself that I was afraid to look at, that I was allowing myself to be able to write a new story because I was making myself aware of the patterns that I had created. So it was through the aftermath of this relationship where I started to look at relationships from a new depth. And I started to look at myself, like some of the, un, the things that, that weren't so nice and, and what did I contribute to the demise of this relationship? And that was kind of the beginning of my spiritual awakening where it was just like a new level of awareness, a new level of consciousness. And it was actually the beginning of being more intimate with myself. It was so this, this self-exploration of, of facing all of myself began there. And then I went through soon after I went through a relationship with a born again Christian woman who planted a seed of God in my heart. Like I know that's cliche, but it was crazy because, you know, I started learning, you know, like I, while I'm not Christian, I started learning about, you know, faith and those type things and, and, and devotion, devotion. <laughs> and I really admired it. And I had an interest about this stuff, you know, not like formalized religion, but I've always been a spiritual person, but I didn't know how to integrate that into um, you know, real life or daily life or whatever. And so I went through this relationship with this born again Christian woman who basically planted a seed of, of God in my heart. And then life began to get just really uncomfortable. I was really unhappy. Um, you know, just whatever I was doing to get me to this point wasn't working. I felt lonely. I had like a lack of community. Um, I just, I just wasn't happy. Right. And then moving into 2018, um, I met Kelsey pretty, pretty quick, radical self-love pretty quickly into 2018. And it was, she just was my introduction to this other realm, this other realm of being this with the flying fucking raccoons <laughs> with the fucking outer space self-development world. Um, and Kelsey's like, Kelsey's like a fucking Buddha. 
Kelsey's like Yoda. You know what I mean? Kelsey is one of the most eloquent, like knowledgeable, loving humans I've ever heard talk about relationships. She, like she blows my mind. Yeah. She blows my mind. Like I sat on a panel with her last year in Vancouver. Yeah. We were, there's like four of us and someone would ask a question and then she'd be like, Oh, I'll, I'll take that. Mm. And then the, and she would, just nail this. Just destroy it. Just destroy it. Just fucking bitch slap that question. Okay. <laughs> and then the panel is like, "Is anybody else have a comment?" And it's some. I was just like, "Like, there's literally nothing else to say." Like she's anyway. But we're getting distracted. Like she's if, great. If we I love her. yeah, if I said anything more, I would just ruin that. You know. She was I mean? on my podcast too, like episode two. Yeah. So you can check that out if you want. Yeah, but anyway, please. And um, so, so meeting Kelsey was, was kind of the introduction of that. And it was basically where I realized what I was doing wasn't working and something had, had to change. Something had to change. So basically, I thought it was like, it's like your soul communicating to you that yeah. you got to fucking give me what I need. Because mm-hmm. however you're living your life is, is, is not congruent with, I always think of, of, you know, getting into alignment and going through an awakening. It's you're finally living in a way where you're feeding and nourishing your soul, the things that it wants. Like deep down. Deep down. So it's it's getting out of your ego and getting to the essence of, of that whisper in your heart of like, what do I actually want out of life? How do I want to feel? And, and, and so I, anytime you're, sorry to cut you off, yeah. but like anytime when you're not living in that way, you're out of integrity mm. and you're creating a life that's filled with anxiety, you know, this pervasive kind of numb, gray... Yeah. Contraction. Like, ugh. The wrong pile Con- of shit. The wrong pile of shit. And so it was kind of opening me up to, to this path forward of what do I actually want, you know, out of my life? And, and, and I started to just really get into flow because I was beginning to, to, you know, be like, okay, it was that hero story was kind of opening up to me. It's like, what do I want? And at this time, I was getting a lot of messages from people who were responding to, to my articles on the internet being like, I read a post that you did on like the Good Man Project and I was so inspired by it. Like, mm-hmm. I love your work. And, and this was, and I had this idea in my head. I was like, whoa, I'm being, I'm being guided towards something from, from like my higher self. It's affirming, right? It was affirming and that's what, that's what spun the wheels of me getting into coaching. Yeah. was that I'm actually being called to do this. My yeah. higher self is calling mm. me. There's a life force inside of me that's calling me to do this and to help people. And I started kind of walking that direction and then started hitting flow and getting to alignment in so many different areas and, you know, setting boundaries with, with friends that, that, you know, weren't, you know, boundaries being the high quality information of how people can love you better. Um, you know, setting boundaries with, with misaligned friendships, um, you know, beginning standing up for yourself, standing up for yourself. And, and I was living in Toronto at the time. And when I decided to move back to Vancouver and it's funny cause I'm born and raised in Vancouver. So it's like coming home physically, but also coming home spiritually, coming home emotionally. Mm. Um, and you know, ever since that happened, you know, I'm having harder conversations that I've ever had in my family system. I'm, you know, finding like guys like you, like an aligned community of people who really resonate and, and are such a great support system to me. Um, you know, I'm having harder conversations and displaying more courage than I ever had in my relationships. I'm how's that the relationship? Yeah. Like how, how is it to date Kelsey Grant? Like, and I mean that as like a, a figure who like knows a lot of shit about relationships, but of course also I imagine has her blind spots or yeah. Well, like and stuff. Kelsey, you guys just have like pure light shining on you when you discuss your, your stuff. Kelsey completely practices what she preaches. Like she's, she's super courageous. 
um, you know, in terms of how she shows up relationally with with her and I. And um, you know, it's totally the type of thing where we both have our wounding, we both have our have our blind spots. And it's not always easy. And you know, mm. there's times like we have a great relationship, but there's still times where we're disconnected. But the repairing process and and you know how you get connected and um, has been really really magical. And both her and I have are relating with each other in this relationship in a way that we never have in a past relationship. There's so much emotional safety for the both of us. And so, how do you cultivate that for people listening? They're like, all right, because you, you hear these buzzwords, right? Like, yeah. Just be vulnerable. Hold space. Yeah. Uh, don't judge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, what are your, what are your, like, what's the J-Ray, like, top three tips for creating a badass relationship? Um, number one, communicate things that you've never communicated before. Tell someone something that you've never had the courage to say before. That's been so, you know, covered up with shame. Um, like, I remember this one time, because um, I remember we we're up for... Um, Mark's birthday up in up in Whistler mm. and you know you guys all know each other and yeah. I used to have this thing where like growing up like I always felt like a little bit of like an outsider you know mm. what I mean even though like I was popular in high school and had a ton of friends I always still felt like an outsider and like all you guys knew each other and 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 so I kind of felt like a little bit on the outside mm-hmm. and I would have this thing sometimes when I was younger where I would just fucking run away I would just fucking book it I'd be like I'm fucking out of here and mm. you know it could be it's more like a metaphorical running, but you basically sabotage the moment. And I remember like, well then I'll make myself an outsider. Yeah. I'll I'll like, I'll ruin this party. Yeah. It's like, I'm already feeling like a little bit, you know, like on the outside, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking just disrupt. (laughs) I'm going to fucking make that even worse. And I'm just like going to run the fucking. To prove myself right. Subconsciously. 100%. And, and so, but never in a relationship had I brought that to a partner. And I basically was one of her and I had this conversation. This was back in November. Um, Basically, it was like, I feel a lot of shame and like, like I had this pattern in the past where I would literally run away. And I basically just communicated this shame about this experience that I had. And I actually told her where it originated from, mm-hmm. like where this started from. And I basically just gave her the keys to the kingdom of how she could love me better. I That's a really good way to, to describe sharing shame. 100%. Is, is when you communicate something you're ashamed about to a partner... You literally hand them the keys to the kingdom of how they can love you. And, and we're, so, we're so in, we believe it will be the opposite. Mm. Like if I share this very shameful, hard thing, mm. then they will definitely not love me better and they will pull away and it will ruin everything. Mm. So it's better to keep the shame to myself and pretend that everything's fine and not share. 100%. Right? And so you're suggesting sharing the dark, shameful thing. Because then that bring connection that enhances and and that's where intimacy comes from. Yeah, intimacy. Like I always think, just in terms of choosing a partner, is if you can have awareness over your wounding, of mm-hmm. kind of the areas that that are really raw for you, and you, and you have awareness over that, and you can choose a partner in service of that wounding. And so anyone who's you know hanging out with someone new and they're getting to know someone, um, you know, first off, if you have an awareness of, of the parts yourself that that you know are. are you kind of try to protect that are scary, you know, kind of those, those wounded areas. We all have it. If you can choose a partner consciously in awareness of that wounding, be like, this partner is going to be really good for my healing. That is the most powerful thing in a relationship because in relationships, we meet ourselves, but we also heal, heal ourselves. And that's if you choose a partner that, that is, is a positive influence on whatever 
is in the areas that you struggle with. And in that moment, communicating that shame, I heal myself a little bit. Mm. And when you do that for each other, this the relationship becomes this expansive place to, to where you can fully embody your whole self. And what did you learn from, from that share? Um, I learned it was safe. I learned it was safe in a way that I had never experienced safety. And we do that for each other. And that's the gift that we, that we give to each other and, and in a relationship is what's going on for you? I want to know, mm. I, you know, clarity. Yes. Clarity. I want to know who you are. And the biggest thing with intimacy is, is reveal these parts of yourself because that's how you can set someone up to win with you. Mm. And, and the thing is when you communicate that to someone and it's safe and you're seen, witnessed and heard in a way you never have, that allows you to write a new story relationally and that's that's where a relationship really heals you and you can actually harness your power you can actually step more into yourself because you feel so seen even the parts of yourself that you're afraid of revealing there's safety in those parts so you no longer feel like such an outsider mm. you feel welcome you feel validated um another thing too with hey so that was number one number one that I, was the 10 minute number one i've i loved all of it but yeah like back on track jay ray's top three tips for Wonderful relationships. Number two. Um, both people need to put themselves first. Okay. What do you mean? That sounds very selfish. I know. So it's like, no is actually such a powerful word in a relationship. And obviously it's not like, no, I don't want to do that. Where it's, that's just like protest behavior. <laughs> it's like, hey, babe, will you? No. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> because again, the no's, it's, you know, your partner can get, like you have to be able to say no to your partner, but in a way where you're really tuning into what you actually need. So mm. relationships built on obligation is not love. Man, you're good at this game. You got the little one-liners, man. I got to hand it well, to I'm you. Well, I'm always referring to like my Instagram posts. You know, I'm like, okay, I, got, I remember doing this one. I can, I can bring that in here. But so say that again. Yes. So uh, relationships built on obligation is not love. That's resentment just slowly building up steam. It's like transactional. It's transactional. It's like business. 100%. And because like, hey, well, you, you, you did that bad thing three months ago, so now I can do the bad thing to you. And you're like, what? No. And then you start just creating this war, and it becomes this, this yeah. you know, your prioritized being right. It becomes a power, a power imbalance or a power struggle. Um, and so, so saying no. Yeah, power so struggle. saying no because, you know, your partner can get curious. Be like, what's that about for you? And again, that's more information about who you are and what you need to be at your best in the world. Yeah. And it's the the information behind the no is is the most fucking valuable information and so for example kelsey and i have this thing where you know when it comes to making plans like we're able to say no to each other say it's like going to like a party or something say say hypothetically yeah. last night a podcast host invited you both to dinner at mm. 7 p.m mm. in vancouver mm -hmm. via text message because mm. he hadn't been in town in a while yeah. Yeah. hypothetically yeah right and uh and then you're both very good at saying no, mm -hmm. but in a very soft, eloquent, kind way of like honoring yourselves, hypothetically. 100%. And, and if it, 100%, <laughs> like if that didn't work, then, then you yeah. know, communicating like a compassionate no. Yeah. And, and so how do you do that? Um, so like, say we were doing it with each other, right? Where hypothetically, hypothetically, like say she's, you know, her friends having a party. I don't know them that well. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I don't really want to do that. Um, it doesn't. You know, it's not a fuck yes for me. It's not a fuck yes for me. It's kind of like a lukewarm. And yeah. she basically has the option to, and, and this is where I have faith in her and I have trust in her that she can be like, I really need you there. And you don't abuse the fact that 
you know, I need you. It's not an every Thursday kind of. It's not every you. Thursday. It's like it's like <laughs> oh, like I'm going to like see these people. Like I need you there. Yeah. Because then that's just like fucking codependency, right? Right. And so she has the option to to, to say I I need you there. Like I would would really really appreciate your support. In that case, it doesn't fucking matter what I'm doing. All of a sudden, I'm there for my partner. It becomes about being a great teammate to my partner. Mm-hmm. But if she's like, that's totally cool. And, and she's free to, to ask what that's about for me. And I can explain and talk a little bit more of my experience. And now that no has created an opportunity for intimacy because mm. she finds more information about me. And I think, so it's the big thing is having needs. Yeah. So she kind of, so you said no. Yeah. And then she said no to the no right <laughs> she's like no you're like no i'm good and she's like no i need you yes yeah, so she can override my no with no i need you yeah but i have faith in her and we and we that that we don't abuse that yeah i think it's also su- super powerful in addition to things like events mm. or you know going out to dinner it can be behavior mm. of like no you mm-hmm. do not talk to me like that mm. or no you need to go for a walk right yeah. now because you're very emo- like you were not having this discussion right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those kind of boundaries as well. hundred percent. And, 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 you know, I, I find when you, when I say that to people, they're like, say no. And it's the whole thing is love is about free will. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's creating this, this free flowing space between you where when pe- both people are honoring themselves, you show up so much more like, cause if you are accounting for your needs, you show up as a full cup. Yeah, and like when you're accounting for your no's, yeah. then the yeses are like fuck yeses. Because then you know the person really wants to be there. And you can fucking trust their yeses. Yeah. Like imagine being in a relationship with someone where you, they would say yes, but you wouldn't actually know if it's a fucking yes. Right. You're like, want to go to dinner? Like, yeah. Okay. And then you get to dinner and you're obviously full body no. 100%. And you're like, why didn't you just tell me? You know, I come to dinner. It's not a big deal. So, like, one of the best ways you can create an amazing relationship is begin, even in your own life, in, in mm. your own alignment, is begin to, to really cultivate a strong awareness of your no's and your yeses. Know where those lie for you because that's the gold when you bring to partnership. Because, you know, it's like even someone's like, oh, do you want to go get Chinese food? It's like, I don't know. Like, we have this thing yeah, where. Where do you want to eat? 100%. It's like, like, what do you want to eat? They're like, I don't know. You know, and, you know, arguing. You're like, all right, let's go to Italian. I don't want Italian. You're like, well, fuck. What do you want? I've, I have a whole sketch about this where, where, right? I, where I played a girl and a guy about what do you want to eat? Uh-huh. I don't fucking know what I want to eat. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> couples always arguing about that. But like the no's and the yeses and, and having clarity over that mm-hmm. is so, and when we bring, and obviously, you know, sometimes when people get in a partnership, they, they fear bringing that because whatever's going on with them, they, they might worry. Or if I say no, my partner's gonna leave, right? So, so it's about obviously doing that inner work to, to build up that self-worth and that cultivation in terms of attuning to what you need to be at your best. And the biggest thing is when both people are committing in the relationship to accounting for their needs, this is what I need to be at the best state in this yeah. relationship, mm. then you've freed up resources. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like it's, it's all a spectrum. Yeah. So, so this neediness spectrum of on one end, you're kind of like ambivalent and don't give a shit. Yeah. On the other end, you're this hyper needy, mm. anxious, yeah. demanding, like selfish human, right? And yeah. so it's this spectrum. And it's like, the, the what is it? The Goldilocks? Like, that's too hot. That's too cold. It's like, this is like just right. Just right. Like the three yeah. bears or whatever. Yeah. You're like, okay. It's a spectrum and a scale that you can sort of slide. Yeah. Right? And so you can say no of like, no, you're actually too needy. You've asked me to go to dinner four times this week. Like, let's bring this back. 
hundred percent. And, and, and that comes to both people, um, doing the work on themselves. Yes. And so there's this, you know, in a relationship, you have to be working on yourself mm-hmm. individually, and then you have to be wor- working together on your relationship. And so it's doing both things. And so that middle ground that we're talking about, you build security and faith and trust in each other when you know that one another are accounting for themselves, that yes. they're taking care of their side of the fence. Right. So how do you separate between... So the way that I kind of look at relationships, yeah. and I'd love your feedback on this, but it's like I have my shit yeah. and they have their shit. Mm-hmm. And then together we have like our shit yeah. is the relationship. Yeah. Right? And I think one thing that I've been working on for years will continue to do yeah. is separating our shit yeah. from your shit. Yeah. Be like, actually, you're calling this our shit, but like, <laughs> that's actually your shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like, I'm not going to help you with that. Like, that's your yeah. stuff to yeah. work on. Yeah. Right? And, and how, that's tricky though, I feel. Well, it's a big thing. Um, you know, people hate to say, but you need to have agreements in your relationship. Mm. And, you know, because ultimately like in dating... Dating is essentially let's make a fucking deal. Okay. That's fucking what dating is. And people How do don't, you mean? Well, it's like, think about in dating, like my why is that <laughs> I want to find a life partner and I'm willing to provide, this is what I want to provide in a relationship. I'm willing to give back rubs. I'm willing to right. give fucking blowjobs. Like I love giving blowjobs, like whatever. I didn't think that you would say that today. <laughs> when we came on the podcast, I'm like, I bet he's not going to say that sentence. You don't think he's going to say blowjobs? Well, no, no. I didn't think you'd say, God, I love giving blowjobs. I know. But here we are. There we are. Surprising you every time, right? It's beautiful. And so it's it's when people have a relationship with their own needs and they communicate that to a partner. Like, this is this is w- yeah. what I need to be at my best in a relationship. Yeah. This is my why. This is what I'm about. And both people are communicating that. And what you have, have to know that. You have to know that. You have to build a relationship with that on your own. And then a great relationship comes about when both people feel like they got the better end of the deal. That's good too, man. And when... Well, that's actually Alison Armstrong who, okay. who says that. You, both people should, feel like they're like boxing ahead of them their class everyone's like this is the best fucking deal like i got this amazing like fucking boxing day sale aka this like amazing partner and both people feel like that i'm like holy fuck this is amazing yeah that's what a relationship should be yeah but if you don't have a relationship over your needs you can't even fucking give them that information yeah and that's what happens relationally so many people are like a fucking chicken with their head cut off (laughs) <laughs> waddling into a fucking relationship just laying fucking eggs with no direction no I- idea what's going on and so before you can get a relationship like what do I need yeah what do I need to be at my best and and that begins waking up in the morning what do I want to eat for breakfast let's make some fucking decisions yeah let's start making let's let's create no's and yeses in my life mm. rather than these lukewarm maybes a life full of lukewarm maybes is a relational disaster No's and yeses is the high quality information that creates relationships that feel really good to be in because both people are honoring themselves. Um, in terms of a third thing. Yeah, you brought good. us back. <laughs> you brought us back. Okay, the third J-Ray tip for wonderful relationship. Um, I'm gonna, Even can, though you've probably had about 50 in each of the I first know. two. Can I give this kind of like, like two parts? I mean, you're asking permission for, for this? This is adorable. Uh, no, I'd prefer it in one part, actually, Jay. Jeremy, yeah. I'm your date at the prom podcast. Here. Oh, yeah. You know, I want to yeah. be like... Do whatever you want. Yeah. So it's... First off um, is people need to be intimate with themselves. So... How do you mean? People need to, to have an awareness over their shadow, the parts of themselves that, that they're afraid to face. So how do you do that? How do you find your shadow? Like, I know I'm going like, yeah. you know, yeah. pushing uh, back, but... 
usually often what you see in other people, what are parts in other people that trigger you is usually mirroring you things that you've disowned in yourself. Um, you know what I mean? So for example, like, like I have this, this, this one friend where we always had this kind of combative relationship and we both kind of triggered each other. And what's basically at play is um, both of us mirror things about the other that, that we've maybe disowned in ourselves. So it's, it's, mm. it's getting intimate with that and, and, and accounting for, you know, your shadow is often just the things that, that trigger you. Mm. And for example, say I'm on Instagram and I notice someone is like, has a big win. How I feel in reaction to that win, say I feel competitive, that's because there's a shadow aspect about myself. There's a competitive aspect of myself that, that I might be neglecting. So now I got to get intimate with what's that about? And like curiosity. Again. Curiosity. And again, usually it's because I want to be seen. I want to be valued. I want, I want people yeah. to celebrate me. And in that yeah. moment, you have to validate and celebrate yourself. Yeah. But just what happens is usually people who have, don't have a relationship with, with their own shadow materials are people that are quite reactive get triggered by things and so they're basically being led by these 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 gritty parts of themselves and they're and they're running show and mm. you know that's where our shame is too and like that's where our poor decisions come from yeah like that's repetitively. where our, that's where our sabotage comes from we start dating assholes 100 percent. and and so it's getting curious with all of you and so you know a huge thing with intimacy is is you can't you can't intimacy in a relationship is determined by how intimate both people have created with themselves so if you have a surface mm. relation with yourself and, and there's so many, you haven't gotten curious with yourself and there's so many unexplored parts of yourself, you're only going to be capable of creating a surface relationship. Mm. So if you've created a really intimate relationship with yourself and you've explored yourself, you've explored the, the, the parts of yourself that, that you're afraid to look at and your partner's done the same. Now you have this great opportunity where you know how to generate intimacy because you've learned how to generate, generate it with yourself. Mm. And if we only have this like surface relation with ourselves, where we're running off our conditioning. Then we go in a relationship and we're just, we're relating from a child. And so the whole idea in a relationship too with intimacy is, is I like to think of it like this. When you're in a relationship, you're dating the adult version of that person as well as the fucking inner child. So it's like two children and two adults in a relationship because no matter how integrated you are, no matter how emotionally mm. involved you are, your inner child's going to hijack you at certain times. In, in like good and bad ways too. Like 100%. we're all just grown up kids. Like that's why I love that we never actually fully grow up. Yeah. Because no matter like fucking um, you know Steve Jobs, like all, these people all have these little inner children. Yeah. You know what I mean? We all have these these inner children, and in a relationship, letting our partner know about our inner child is a huge breakthrough for intimacy. Like oftentimes. You know, say say in a moment where I need something from Kelsey and I don't know how to ask for it and I'm just in this emotional state where I'm exaggerating. It's because – and sometimes in that state, that's because my child's hijacked me. I have a need. I don't know how to communicate and, and children don't know how to communicate their needs. Yeah, you throw a tantrum. You throw a tantrum. You're like, well, they're not – they're just communicating. They don't know how to say – They don't know how to say. It's I'm like, hungry so the baby's crying. It's just like fucking notice me and give me what I want when I don't even fucking know what I want. Right. And the most of all people will get hijacked by their inner children who holds them up with a fucking BB gun and like takes over the relationship. And if you can catch yourself and figure out what's going on and mm. catch yourself, you won't sabotage the relationship. And now that becomes an opportunity where 
your part, you can communicate to your partner what you need. You know what? In this moment, I just want to be celebrated. And my inner child was hijacking me yeah. and throwing a tantrum. And that was, was creating a disconnect because, and then we, and then what happens is we have sometimes a lot of shame around that, around revealing, I just need to be celebrated. Like, I just need a hug. I just need a fucking hug. Like, can you just hug me? And yeah. then, and so when your partner understands what's happening and you build communication around when the child hijacks, um, like Kelsey and I have, have a safe word called soother. 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 I need a fucking emotional soother right now. Okay. What does that mean? It's like, I could, I. So say, you'll be having a discussion yeah. randomly and she'll just be like, soother. Well, I'll say soother. Okay. And so that's in a way. Does she have a different word? Well, what she, do could you mean? Say, she could say snack pack. Snack pack. Applesauce. Yeah. Okay. Any, any sort Balsamic. of fucking. Yeah, well, yeah, like any, anything, you know. Like what, and what does it mean? It means like, hey, break in the action. Yeah. So, so if you say the word soother. Time out. Well, think about it like this. If you have a lot of shame because there's, you know, a protest behavior that's rising from your inner child. If yeah. you can say soother, what happens is that begins to break down the thickness of that shame. Okay. Because it might be hard to be. Or you could even say, I'm feeling shame right now. Um, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm having trouble communicating what I need in this moment. And if you say soother, it means you've acknowledged yourself what's going on, that the child's fucking hijacked. And now you have to reparent yourself and be like, yeah. what is it I need? Again, back to the whole fucking let's get curious. You get curious about that. And it's like, what do I need yeah. right now? And, right. and you reparent yourself. And that's where you begin to heal yourself. How do you mean reparent yourself? So like you, you recognize in the moment, like yeah. I need yeah. blah yeah. and you communicate, Hey, I really need blah right now. Is that what you're defining as reparenting or how? So, so, so say, so say it's, it's, it's my inner child's, I want to be validated. I'm, you know, feeling really down about myself. Like I want to feel important. I want to feel, feel important. special. And if you're, and you know, your partner could be like, what do you need? And you're like, I don't know. Because you know, in the moment you could be really, really triggered or you could mm. be flooded and you know sometimes you need a couple minutes to if you say like the word soother now you have the awareness the child's hijacked and you might need a couple minutes to for the thickness to thaw out a little bit of that shame where it can break down and then reparenting yourself is is what did you need in that moment what do you need in that moment that you didn't get and when you're in a relationship um it's acknowledging it to yourself but also acknowledging it to your, to your partner so mm-hmm. it's self-regulation and co-regulation so a huge thing, and Stan Tacton talks about it, but is co-regulating, co-regulating each other's nervous systems. That's what happens in a relationship. And so it's understanding this is what's going on with yourself and telling your partner, this is actually what I need. And by reparenting yourself, you're able to tune into to what you needed that moment that you never got. I love that. And so when you're saying co-regulating, are you mm-hmm. suggesting perhaps like Kelsey for, to continue this, mm-hmm. she might be like, Hey, do you need a soother right now? Like she might catch it. Is well, that what you mean? Like to, to help guide it or to, to so see she, what you can't see at the moment. So she may go into the fridge, um, pick out some applesauce and set up a high chair. Yeah. You know, like an adult size yeah, high yeah. chair and put a, get put a the diaper. Yeah. Get a diaper. Maybe like, maybe like I fucking shit my pants and, yeah. and Kelsey needs to change my pants. And yeah. she'll put me in this fucking adult size high chair and you know, she'll feed me applesauce for like five minutes. Uh-huh. Rub my belly Put on a some raffi. Yeah. Put on some fucking Barney. You know, yeah. rub my belly a little bit. You know, give me a little pat yeah. on the back. But hang on. Back to it. Yeah. <laughs> Co- co-regulating. Co-regulate. So and, like, what is that? What, how do you describe that? What and, does that look like? So basically, co-regulating her will, will, in that moment, she could be like, you're amazing. Or you're hilarious. Just, I want you to know that. And... Mm. 
You are amazing and you are hilarious. No, thank you, Jer. I appreciate that. I mean it. I appreciate that. I'm just trying to practice my co-regulation. You're funny, too. Thanks. You're a funny guy. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and so in that moment, she basically is, you know what? I I, I need to, to be reminded of my greatness. Mm-hmm. I also think like in a relationship, always and fuck. asking for that because in yes. our heads that can be like, oh, that's so embarrassing. Like I don't and, want, I don't want to tell him to like tell me I'm great or whatever. And and that's the beauty of being in a relationship is you you have someone to to co-regulate your fucking nervous system with you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go at it alone. We're mm-hmm. fucking teammates. Yeah. And you give that to each other, and that's how you get into the center of human spirit and fucking connection of compassion of gratitude. And that's how you get back to your, your, your calm center. And I always think in a relationship, find your fucking rooster. Your rooster is the first, <laughs> your rooster is like the alarm clock to your greatness. You know, people are like, find a lobster, you know, fucking lobster claws. No. I'm like, find <laughs> a fucking mean, rooster. What do you mean find a lobster? Well, it's like, you know that they're always like in, in friends. They Who have that are line. these people? Like Phoebe had that line, he's my lobster. I don't know that line, no. Well, it basically, <laughs> so I think what with lobsters, okay. when they find, I think lobsters are like monogamous and they, they hold claws for life. They don't. Do they not? You, you, no. Or like, but any, anyway. Yeah. So, so like find the rooster. Find your rooster is yeah. the alarm clock to your greatness. And okay. it, when it comes to co-regulation. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. So, so basically when you fall asleep to your greatness, the rooster cock a fucking doodle do. <laughs> How's it go again? Cock a fucking doodle do. Yeah, okay. You know, they're out fucking in the barn. Yeah. And they wake you up. Get the fuck up. You're amazing. Yeah. Find you know? your rooster. You splash some water in your face. Have yeah. you forgotten about how amazing you are? And and in that moment, that could be a co-regulation. Is that so good? I need you to be my fucking rooster right now. Cause my rooster is falling asleep. You're like, I need a rooster. I need a fucking rooster. Yeah. I need you to so another safe word could be cock a doodle do. You know it'd be a funny skit for you? What? Or a funny cartoon? <laughs> Picture this, soother the rooster. Dude, a rooster with a soother in his mouth. Yeah, or that's his name, soother the rooster. Can, can we yeah. build on that at all? Is there, is I there, don't know. Is there any, any other? I on. just flashed it, and then, and then he's like, cock a fucking doodle doo. I picture he has like a gold chain. He's just like, you know, a bit of a bit of an edgy guy. Do you think he's like a motivational fucking rooster? He's like the Tony Robbins of roosters. Dude, he like, he inspires the whole entire fucking barn. The whole flock is woke. I feel like, I, this is um, like, is that Animal Farm? Like where they had that big, yeah. so the barn, a bunch of pigs fucking line up. So he's got this like chorus. But that was weird too, because that was a giant parable about communism. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that's a darker one. That anyway. Dark. That's a darker um, one. I'm conscious of your time, because you got to change the world. I got to go out there and, and be my own fucking rooster, Chair. You do. Have we, have we, have we covered cover anything? Is... I think we've covered a few Dude, things. We've gone all over the fucking map here. <laughs> Uh, we've, we've touched on your three uh, yeah. barnstorming tips for awesome relationships. Yeah. Talked about your anxiety, your spiritual awakening. Oh my God. How people can have a relationship. How can people find you? So people can find me like, on, on Instagram. Yes. So for everyone listening, at Jamie, J-A-M-I-E dot N dot Ray, R-E-A. So Jamie dot N dot Ray. Um, that's where you can find me on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook. My, you can find me just Jamie Ray on Facebook. That, that's where, where my uh, professional page will be. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter, but I don't really, I, f- I fucking don't really use Twitter. I don't like Twitter. Yeah, I don't really like Twitter. So you guys don't follow me on Twitter. But so, uh, just because I'm going to promote you. Yeah. You and Kelsey have some programs for yeah. dating. You do men's coaching. Yeah. You do one-on-one coaching. Yeah. So 
I do one-on-one coaching. I work with both men and women. Um, you know, so if people need a rooster, so, would you describe yourself as a rooster for hire? I'm a human rooster. You can hire me, and I'll wake <laughs> you up to your fucking greatness. I'll be your hero rooster, your soother rooster. Yeah. Um, so yes. So I have, I have one-on-one coaching uh, available. Um, I run. Kelsey and I created a men's self-mastery mastermind oh. that that I run with with groups of men. Um, I'm not sure what's when, it called. Uh, the men's self-mastery mastermind. That's very original. <laughs> <laughs> the men's the men's self mastery mastermind. I wish there was more like a catchy title, but that's yeah, that's all yeah, I got. Cool. And we have the next one. I'm not sure when this podcast is going to go live, but we have the next one on. It begins Monday, April 22nd. So if you're a guy, and, and it's a great like intro to self development. You know, we cover it's 12 weeks long, and we cover a lot of ground. Um, you know, it's kind of introducing you know the inner critic, body image. Um, you know, the shame, sabotage, relationship, sex, we, we cover a lot of stuff and it kind of helps you create a new awareness, um, and new way of relating to yourself and, and your world. And the idea is that it really makes you available to the biggest possible areas for breakthrough that maybe after that course, you'd go into a deeper dive. So it's a great intro to self-development course. Awesome. And then Kelsey and I, we have a confident dating program, which is a six week curriculum plus group coaching program, That's um, cool. that it should be live by the time this interview or this podcast goes yeah. out, but really, it like teaches you how to date. Yeah. So basically it's going to be, it's a six week program and basically we're going to, you know, take you back into un- uncovering your love template, uncovering your, your romantic history. Um, we're going to be closing all loops. You're oh. going to, you know, learn to account for your needs. Um, you know what you want. You're going to basically create your vision for your romantic future and, and, Basically, you're going to learn what's blocking you from your romantic destiny. Um, what's, what's your... And how to call it in? 100%. And, 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 and how to create it. And so it'll be practical implementation as well as weekly call. Um, and so that's going to start in early May. And we're going to be opening registration. Um, it'll be second week of April. That's new, right? I haven't heard about this. Yeah. So this is a new program. This is brand new? Yeah. This, okay. is, this is a new program we're launching. And we'll hopefully do another one in the fall if, if, if people don't want to get it this time. But... It's, it's basically going to be, you know, because so many dating programs. Yeah, there's it, a lot, right? There's a lot. Of, but this is about learning what you're attracted to. It's not learning about how to be more attractive. It, it probably fits in well with what we discussed, right? Of like all the old stories, all the, the ways we describe as normal. 100%. Like, oh, I keep dating and the same thing happens. And oh, I don't know why I keep doing the thing. Yeah. And so, you know, we talked a lot about the hero story. This is like your hero romantic story. And then uh-huh. now, free, what's your romantic hero story? Um, you know, because this program's for people who want to date to find a life partner who want to find true love. It's yeah. not for people who just want to fuck a bunch of people. That, like that's not that's not what we're promoting. That's that's good clarity. Yeah. So so this is not like oh how do I get like four girls who want to bang me? No, this is yeah. like how do I call in an aligned partner? Yeah. And um, so you know we're basically going to create that romantic vision and we're going to figure out what's going on from from what's blocking you from attaining your heart's desire. You know, what are those blind spots? What are those subconscious blocks? What's in your love template that may be sabotaging what it is you truly want? You're going to learn how to be attracted to what's actually fucking good for you. What does your fucking soul and your heart want? That's a go- really thorough description. Oh, thanks, brother. I wanted I'm to... I'm sold. That was good. You're sold? That was really good. <laughs> wanted to make sure it gave a little thorough... It was good, man. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I love that you and Kelsey are working together. I picture that as just like a dynamic duo, as you described, like the tea and the cocaine. Well, yeah, like like I'm not vouching for <laughs> drugs, but I'm vouching for tea. Yeah, yeah. so so she's the chamomile yeah, tea, and I'm I'm a little sprinkle of crack cocaine. It's a really dynamic duo. I imagine, and like 
it's all online, right? There's like copy that you've written, so it'd be like yes. entertaining and yeah, like, yeah. So it's it's and all informative. It's all virtual, and and you know, Kelsey and I, a huge component. We like to inject a lot of humor. And Obviously, <laughs> humor is a big thing. So it's for people who who want to change their change yeah, and transform yeah. their life, but they want to have some fun. And they can find that through your Instagram. Instagram is yeah. the best place to find me. Cool, Jamie.n.ray. Do you respond to messages if people message you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, sh- shoot me a DM, and like you know, and and cool. I'll respond and. We can chat and... It's so cool how nowadays you can just have direct access yeah. to people in your life that inspire you, that you learn from. Mm. And you can just like literally go into their pocket. You it's can like, you can write a note, yeah. slip it into their pocket, yeah. they pull out their phone and they get it. It's just surreal. It's crazy. And you know what? So a lot of people are like, oh, social media, because obviously social media has its pros and cons. Like but the biggest pro is, is that you, you get to connect with so many amazing people mm-hmm. that you would have known. Other, like I wouldn't have... Like yeah. known of you, like this right now. Yeah, like this wouldn't have happened without social media, without mm-hmm. Instagram, and yeah. um, you know, so it's such a valuable thing. And um, Instagram is definitely the best way to get in touch. And um, Jared, I just want to, I want to acknowledge you, man. Um, uh oh. No, I just want to acknowledge you, like, like, dude, like, it's been so great podcasting with you. First off, and I love just like you know, you're coming into your own with your slam poetry. That video that you posted at the Laguna Playhouse, yeah, dude, that was a fucking masterpiece. Thank you. And you know, you, like you launched your book, like you're fucking killing it right now. And I'm such a fan of everything you create. <laughs> thank you, brother. And thank you for taking me to the podcast prom. How was it, dude? It was great. Did you have a good time, dude? I, had a, I drank the punch. <laughs> we drank a lot of punch. We did. We danced. We did. We hung out on the bleachers. We did. We. That's that's good. That's yeah, good. That's enough. And then I dropped you home at midnight. Yeah, and you got and me home by. Dad was really happy. Yeah. Um, thank you, brother. I, I just I'll throw it right back in your face, man. Mm. I think you're a really really good dude, mm. and I'm really glad to see you stepping into yourself and stepping into this work because mm. it's it's powerful, man. I'm a fan. Mm. Like I read your shit, I comment on it. Mm. Like you're a fucking quirky weird dude. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, and yeah. I mean that in the best, yeah. most sincere yeah. way possible, because that to me is evidence that somebody is like living in authentic way. Mm. When you like, when you make somebody feel something mm. by the work that you do, the stuff that you say, how mm. you write, etc. It's mm. like, you're like, you're living it, man. Mm. And I think that's hugely respectful and, and admirable too. So keep rocking, man. Appreciate that, man. That was a good podcast. It's awesome. A lot I of feel fun. like we murdered it. We crushed it. We stepped into the other realm. <laughs> There's so many raccoons right so now. So many raccoons, man. They're everywhere. All right, I'm going to stop this shit. Okay. Love you, buddy. Love you, brother. Wow. Right? Isn't he just bonkers? Dude is totally ridiculous, but absolutely knows his stuff. And as we mentioned, you can follow him online at jamienrea.com. You can find him on Instagram, Jamie N. Ray, and uh, you can check him out, legendaryloveacademy.com. And just, uh, yeah, connect, hire him to coach you, hire him to just make you giggle, whatever. Do all the things. And also, don't forget, you're awesome, and I love you, and I hope you have a good day.